everybody, I'm Sess Busby, the editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step into the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Hayley DeAngelis. The Melbourne-based entrepreneur and self-described crystal queen is the brains behind Cleanse & Co. Hayley took her business from a lounge room side hustle to seven figures in a few short years and has used her personal experience to turn her passion for the healing powers of crystals into profit. She joins me today to share some of the secrets behind the success of her business and her entrepreneurial journey. Hi, Haley. Welcome to the show. So great to have you with us today. Thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Very excited. Now, like a lot of business owners, your business has started out of a, a passion, but you were in a pretty dark place when, when you founded Cleanse & Co. Would you mind diving into that a little bit for our listeners, explaining how you took Basically, you were battling the, the black dog, I would say, would be a fair yeah. summary. Mm-hmm. And But you took what you found in your in your learnings from trying to deal with your depression and anxiety and, and turned it into a business. Would that be kind of a fair summary? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like most, yeah, I, I do still struggle with depression and anxiety, although it's a lot easier to manage when you take steps of being mindful and using tools around you. But I remember I hit rock bottom. I went through a really hard breakup. Um, I was devastated like many would be if you break up with someone. And yeah, I started using crystals a lot in my life, sort of like a comfort um, or a safety blanket, as maybe some people would call. I would have them in my pocket or in my bag. And I really just, every time I looked at them or touched them, I just sort of remembered that, you know, I'm okay, I'm safe. Um, sort of promoting different energies and I found that really sort of helped me sort of grow and start to heal I think it's really hard to get out of that dark place when your mindset is in one spot so yeah crystals really helped me with that and especially good that you turn to that a lot of people they have a breakup they turn to other things like alcohol or food or far less healthier options than don't get me wrong I probably had a glass of wine (laughs) glass or two um but yeah, it's, it, it really did help me. You know, I would have a rose quartz because I was lacking self-love for myself. And every time I looked at that rose quartz, I would remember, you know, I am worthy. I am loved. And this breakup doesn't define who I am and who I'm going to be in the future. So sort of thinking about how you want to feel. Um, and I, I do believe the energy of the crystals that you are working with really do help empower that. And when was it you realised, hey, what I'm practicing is actually something that I could turn into a business. Well, this is an interesting one. I remember going to um, a crystal store around near where I lived in Port Melbourne and there was just so many crystals there and I was like, this is amazing. It was a big wholesaler and I was like, I need to share this with everyone because crystals weren't really big back then. Um, You could go to sort of like a hippie shop but it wasn't sort of, it wasn't really modern so I found it wasn't for everyone. It was really overwhelming. Hmm. So I thought I'm going to share this with everyone and make it a really clean, minimal approach so sort of it suits everybody, not just one sort of particular person. So, yeah, I researched a few crystal wholesalers. I didn't really have the budget to start my own business at that point, so I managed to save up probably around $1,000 for my website um, and packaging and things like that. And then I'd actually go to a local crystal store. I'd take a photo of the crystal that I liked or, you know, a whole bunch. I'd put it on lay-by. I would list it online. Um, and then once the crystal was sold, I would go back to the shop, pay for the lay-by. And then 
slowly from there, I started to increase my sales. And then that's sort of how I grew my business with, you know, practically nothing. Oh my goodness. That's a, <laughs> an interesting way to approach it. Lay, by, lay buying what you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, and do you know what? The, um, the store was really good because it was, the floor was concrete and my vibe is very minimal and clean. So I'd just sort of hold the crystal and take it with my iPhone and the background was concrete. So it really suited the website. Yeah, it was really great. It all worked out. So that just goes to show you don't need to have a whole lot of capital to invest when you've got a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't. It's scary thinking of creating a business and you think you need a lot of money, but I think if it's something you're truly passionate about, you can make it work. And when did it go from being, oh, here's this thing that I'm kind of doing as a bit of a side hustle, a bit of a hobby, when did it become actually this has got legs and I can turn this in a, into a real business. Yes. I was doing a lot of, uh, I was just, it was all organic marketing. I was doing it all myself through Instagram. I had a lot of friends and family supporting buying from the store, which was great. Um, but I decided to reach out to an influencer. Her name was Chloe Zepp. Um, I saw that she really loved crystals and I thought, oh, I'll just give this a shot. I um, reached out to her and sort of asked whether I would I could drop off some things for her, some crystals and products. And she obviously said yes, uh, posted for her audience. And then overnight, we I think we got about 5,000 followers and about $20,000 worth of sales. Um, so she really helped sort of get our name out there a little bit more, which I'll be forever grateful for. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, from there, I think we just sort of grew and crystals became quite popular. In terms of... Uh, working with the influencer, how did that impact you? Because suddenly you probably had, you know, a certain number of sales, but then you had 5,000 followers and all these sales coming in. Were you like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> what am I going to do now? And, and how am I going to scale this? Yeah, well, it was really, it was scary, but exciting. We were kind of, I was in my lounge room and I remember my housemate at the time, Katie, I was like, oh my God, like my phone was just going off and off and off. And then I basically just sort of rallied in my friends the next few days. We were in my lounge room in um, Port Melbourne and the house was just a bomb site. There was orders everywhere. I remember I had to go buy a trolley from um, Bunnings to be able to take the parcels from my apartment down to the lobby for the career driver. So we'd constantly be doing trips. Um, but, yeah, I think all my friends sort of rallied in. We'd sit in our pyjamas packing orders till like 12 o'clock at night and we got through it, um, but it was definitely exciting but scary at the same time. <laughs> but, yeah, we definitely we learned a lot, that's for sure. We, we learned a lot um, and we were able to put processes and procedures in place moving forward to be able to navigate um, the business growth. And so then what happened next? You obviously had you moved into a space by that stage or were you still in your in your house? Yeah, yeah so I was still in my um, apartment in um, Port Melbourne. So I was working full-time um, at, the, at the time. I was the transport manager. And so I was working full-time and then coming home, packing orders late at night um, or sort of early mornings. And then um, I actually got pregnant with my second child. I was really, really sick, so I was really struggling to juggle the two. And I sort of decided, you know what, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to quit my job and sort of do something that lights me up, um, my passion, which is, you know, spreading awareness about the healing of crystals and sort of mindful products. So I quit my job. I was really scared, but I had a lot of support around me saying, you know, it's going to be okay. You can do this. And yeah, it, it all paid off. 
<laughs> That's thank goodness for that because that, that is a big risk. You'd like you must have had it some is. sleepless nights as you were pondering it, especially you're pregnant as well. It's like ah. yes, I was very sick through my pregnancy as well. So it was like, yeah, I was scared. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent next week. Is this a good decision? But I think if you fully let go, go with the flow and just trust the universe. Uh, what is meant to happen will happen. What crystal were you holding on to at that point as you're trying to make your decision? Oh I reckon I had about 100. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I had, a, I had a rose quartz for a long time. I think if you do everything from a place of love, which is what rose quartz promotes, you know, I think that's it's always the best way. So if you're making decisions out of love or speaking to someone out of love from your heart, you can't really go wrong, I guess. And that's that was like what four coming up to five years ago, when you first started the business. It, it's been three years. It was three years, so it'd be coming up to four years this year. I think in August, and that time's gone so fast. That's incredible. And what has changed the most for you? Is it the scale of the business and and dealing with that? Is that the biggest challenge? So although, well, we basically we've got a team of about thirty uh, women now big beautiful team of strong women I'm still very hands-on with every aspect of the business but I would say that our biggest challenge probably in the last year or so has been sort of navigating price rises through COVID so shipping and dealing with major delays when importing crystals and raw Mm. material so that's one big thing that's been a challenge for us and also for me learning how to manage a team You've got to sort of rely on your team but also help them grow at the same time. <laughs> at least there's a few kind of good resources and support Definitely. around leadership. But whereas when you start your own business, there is a lot of info out there, but I guess no one really knows just how many hats they're going to wear and how much of a juggle it is when they first start. Yeah, definitely. You know, from buying the stock to uploading it yourself to marketing to packing, emails, everything like it's so many things you have to do at once I actually listened to a podcast by Jay Shetty and he was saying basically to plan your days so it's really hard to be creative and do analytical work at this in the same space so I find um to sort of get more potential out of yourself to plan your day in blocks and that really helped me um initially so sometimes I'd spend the morning doing socials, um, planning new creations, so more creating things that light light my soul up. And then sort of the the next half of the day I would solely just, you know, put another hat on and it'd just be the boring work. Some people may like it but I call it boring work. So invoicing, emails, admin, all of that kind of stuff. And it really sort of helps your mind be all in on one thing rather than switching to creative, analytical, creative, analytical because it's really hard to sort of get in the flow. Yeah, it is. It's like also um, there's this school of thought about answering your emails. Like like I, if if you work out what time is really good for you, for you to be really super productive where you're really focused, then say I'm not answering emails at this time or I'm yeah. not taking calls at this time. You just like block it out and that's definitely when you when you do your creative work. Yeah. 30 women in your team, that's that's pretty big from, from your house to uh, – a massive team like that. It is. So we went from the ha- my um, lounge room, then I went to I moved house, I went to the garage, and then I got a few, um, I think I got about two or three workers. They were all family and friends. And then from there we moved into a factory, and I remember looking at the factory and thinking this is way too big for us. And at the time I just had my um, daughter and my cousin who was working for me had a, also had her son. So we're like, oh, well, that area can be the playroom. 
this can be the packing um <laughs> that as soon as as soon as we moved in we were like kids your playroom's gone we need that for packing ventures and um before we knew it, we were bursting at the seams we now have two factories um our second factory we manufacture everything so we pour all our candles out of there um and then our our main original factory which is where we do all the picking and the packing yeah now the candles when did that come into play so you started with the crystals and then when did you realize yeah. actually um, I'm going to diversify and and tackle a whole bunch of things in this kind of self-healing wellness space. Yeah, the candles actually launched when I was in my apartment um, in Port Melbourne. And I think at that point we'd launched essential oils with the mist and the rollers because I would use them as well. I remember going around work saying, oh, I need to clear your space with this spray. And people really liked it because it really helped you reset. So run around the sage. office spraying everyone. <laughs> exactly. So then I thought, you know, I loved candles. And at the time, I, before, before Cleanse & Co many years ago, I was wanting to create like a minimal candle brand, um, but it just sort of didn't align with me then. And I thought, why don't I put um, crystals in the candles because then people could sort of enjoy the benefit of the candle and then take the crystals out and keep them forever and enjoy the benefit of the the energy of the crystals. So we created a range, it was called an intention range. So basically if you buy a candle and it's rose quartz, or I keep talking about rose quartz, I must need some love in my life at the moment. But um, <laughs> So it would say um, in this light, which is obviously when you light the candle, I am loved and worthy. So Basically, the candle would be infused with the energy of the crystal that's sitting on top. And when you burn it, the label would kind of remind you to remember back to that energy. So it was a really good combo putting crystals with candles and people loved them. They were really minimal and modern for everyone's home. They were kind of like a design design item as well. And, yeah, they just took off. It was really great. And did you have um, a similar kind of strategy in terms of getting the word out? Did you work with influencers again? I think after Chloe, we did continue to work with influencers. We didn't do any paid marketing with influencers for a very long time. Um, we had It was just all organic. People would reach out to us. I think we got in the crystal market at a really good time, so there weren't many around. So influencers would reach out to us and we would, of course, love to collaborate with them, send them some crystals and some candles. And our products speak for themselves, so obviously – they would love them. They would share them. Their customers would like them. Their followers would love them. And yeah, it, would, it just sort of started unraveling from there. And I think now we're probably one of the biggest crystal brands in Australia, which is really exciting. Did you ever envision that when you're in your, your apartment no. or your garage? <laughs> no, it's crazy. And you know, when I launched the business, money, I never really thought about it or sort of I'm not very good at that side of the business, like accounting, budgeting, money, anything like that. So for me, it was just like, oh my God, I want to sell crystals. I want to share these with everyone. So it just sort of, that was never a thought for me on how like if it could grow into a business or if I would have a team or a factory, it was just like, I'm going to do this because I love it. And then it just sort of flowed on from there. Yeah. So in a way, your your passion has kind of been the driving force behind the whole business from the very get-go. Definitely. What kind of advice would you give to someone else who might be sitting at home thinking, oh, I really love this. I, I, I wish I could make a business out of it. You say like make the leap? Yeah, I definitely just believe in yourself. Um, it's really scary, but you just have to believe in yourself. You, you don't grow if you're, if you're always comfortable. Um, and that's something that I only just started realizing the last six months. It's been a really challenging six months. 
but my dad said to me that if you are uncomfortable, it means that you're sort of, you're growing to a certain extent. You don't want to be uncomfortable and crying and depressed and everything like that. But if you are feeling sort of uncomfortable and you're pushing yourself, I promise you're going to learn from it. So just take the leap, believe in yourself and the universe has your back. Yeah, otherwise it's complacency, isn't it, really? Yeah. And you just sit there and you don't move forward at all. It's just like stalemate. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually think for the last year I was like, this is great. It's going to be like this forever. And then, you know, it's not like that. So when I started to feel uncomfortable, I was like, my life's over. Oh, my God, what's happening? But, you know, sometimes you just need someone to put it in perspective for you. And it's true. If you're, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. And so do you have growth plans for the business? What's next? For us, so for Cleanse & Co, probably in the sort of the next one to two years, for us, um, a retail space is on the horizon. So I really want to get um, a retail space in Melbourne um, and then hopefully branch out to different states. And we are heading into a few major stockists. Um, one of them is the Iconic, which is really exciting. And then potentially I would love to sort of help share my knowledge a little bit more around crystals and sort of launching your own business and growing your own business. So, so maybe a few events um, or workshops or something like that. Yeah, I have too many ideas. If I yeah. told you, we'd be here all day. <laughs> and you've also started another business here. You've become a serial entrepreneur. Oh, God, once you start one, you don't stop. My mind doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my new business um, is actually called Soul the Label. So that came out of passion as well. We sell um, baby and children's clothes. Um, it obviously that passion and idea came from having my own children, and I sort of found a lack of stores that sold good quality basic clothing. Um, my daughter now loves wearing Frozen and anything with Little Mermaid on it. But when I first had a baby, I just wanted, you know, how I dress, just plain, good quality clothing with no animation on the front of it. So, yeah, that's sort of where Soul came from. And how is that brand doing? Yeah, really good. We probably launched about six months ago. We just got into a major stockist as well, which will be launching soon on the Iconic, which is really exciting for me. We also probably have about 15 other stockists around Australia, so online stores and stores that sell them in person. Bricks and mortar, they call that, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm not, yeah, not familiar with that because we've just online. So, yeah, it's going really well. Um, I think initially my expectations probably were very high, but we have a very big range. You know, we don't just have one colour of a romper. We have 10 colours. So initially our ranges weren't selling out and I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then I'm like, we have so much stock. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, just trust the universe and everything's going well. We have consistent sales every day. Um, our customers, once they buy our items, they see the quality and they love it. Um, they love the community and the Instagram and, yeah, it's really wonderful. And so what lessons do you think you took from your first business going into the second one? Um, I think I would say probably the marketing. So with Soul, um, initially I was like, all right, plan of attack to grow this business. Let's try to reach out organically, not paid to like-minded parents, um, people that we sort of can relate to and sort of see whether they would like to try some of our clothes and sort of get their children to wear it and help promote it within their brand. Um, I think social media is a very powerful tool that you can use. Um, you just sort of need to target the right people and they really need to sort of 
gel with your brand and your vibe. Um, you know, you don't want someone that's doesn't resonate with your brand promoting your product. So I think that's something that we did take from Cleanse. Yeah, it's, it's really important to get the right fit, isn't it? Because they are yeah. a representative of your brand. So it is like an extension of your brand. Yeah, and I think um, I do get a lot of questions. Like I, I always try to help small businesses out on both my platforms. A lot of feedback that I get is I'm too scared to reach out to people that have, have 100,000 followers or 300,000. But I think people with only 5,000 followers, sometimes they have more um, more reach and more pull from their customers and their community than people with so many followers because their um, followers trust them more. Hmm. So I find, yeah, they're both beneficial. So, you know, just choose the right one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go for it, but, you know, do your research first. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with me this morning, Haley. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Oh, it's been great. And all the best success for the coming year. And I hope the new venture goes as well as the first one. Thank you. I appreciate it.